Well, Jesus is Lord. Can we just say that together? Jesus is Lord. Everything's going to be all right. Turn to the person next to you, just tell them it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Some of you are kissing each other. That wasn't part of the deal there. That's awesome. Uh, who needs a back seat at Inspiration Point? Just go to church. That's what you need to do. Uh, it's so good to be at church. It's great being here. Uh, let me, let's pray, guys. God, uh, we humble ourselves before you, and we thank you for your good grace. Thank you for your faithfulness, God, even when we're not faithful. Thank you for chasing us down when we're not chasing after you, God. And again, Lord, I just pray for a movement of your spirit here that's just from you, from heaven. I pray for your anointing. I pray for your favor, your right hand, God. I know you're watching us right now, Lord. And I pray that hearts turn to you even during the sermon, even during the preaching. I pray hearts turn to you. I pray souls turn to you. I pray people get saved while there's preaching. I pray for healing while there's preaching, God. I pray for the person who has no intent to listen to anything, God. I pray that you just arrest their hearts and minds and they humble themselves and fall to their knees and turn to you even while the preaching is going on. I pray for the people that are watching online right now. Would you get a hold of their hearts as well, God? Thank you for them. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome, those of you who are online. So glad you're part of this service. Um, you know, uh, we, we said that prayer. Uh, I said that prayer. I think it was last week. And did you know while I was saying that, while I was preaching last week, my prayer was while I was preaching that people would turn to the Lord. And um, while I was preaching at the 11 o'clock service, I think it was, something like that, it was in the morning service, um, we had a gal come through the doors while I was preaching. And she was going through a really hard time. And her daughter, uh, or her grand, grandchild, I should say, was in the hospital and had a surgery and it wasn't going well. And she just needed prayer. And the doors were open, so she came in and said, can you pray for me? Isn't that beautiful? The Spirit of the Lord is moving. I hope you recognize the Spirit of the Lord is moving. God loves you. God cares about you. God sees you. God's not done with you. God hasn't given up on you. God has a plan for you. It's not too late. God has a future for you. And it's more than you can imagine. It's more than you can imagine. You're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. God cares about you. Um, we had a lot of people who made sacrifices this week, and I just thought I'd show you the definition of sacrifice. It means to give up something that is valuable to you in order to help another person. So um, we had volunteers sacrifice their time. They sacrificed their evening, and many of them showed up, and some of them had a long day of work, and then they came and they served and loved on children, and then they went home around nine o'clock at night. So they had short nights for five consecutive days. And we had other people who sacrificed their talents and or gave their talents away and, or their energy, and they were maybe exhausted during the day, but they came back and they jumped up something in the tank and they gave it to these kids and they gave the energy that they had. Um, many people sacrificed their evenings. They had other plans, but they sacrificed their evenings and said, nope, I'm going to serve at Vacation Bible School. Um, you know, when I uh, played baseball, I never played professional baseball, in case you ever wondered that. But um, when I was growing up and I was learning how to play baseball, I remember the coach taught one, one particular thing. And here it was, when you're at the plate, he told me, this is, how, this, is, this is what you need to do. There's a time when you need to bunt. Now, it wasn't exciting because I want to hit. 
I want to swing the bat. And he said, no, 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 no. This is super important. You need to bunt. And you know what it was called? A sacrifice bunt. A sacrifice bunt. When you, when you do a sacrifice bunt, which I never liked the sign. I forget the sign what it was. You know, he did all this stuff. But when I was up at the plate and I saw the sacrifice bunt, I was like, oh, God. I can't swing the bat. But you know what the sacrifice bunt was? I'm going to bunt. I'm going to just, I just want the ball to bounce a few times. And I'm going to, I'm going to run to first base. And here's the goal. The person who's on first or the person who's on second is going to advance and go to the next base and I'm gonna get out, I'm gonna get out. That's a sacrifice bunt. A sacrifice bunt is when you're not thinking about yourself, you're thinking about advancing the runner and you know they're probably gonna throw the safe quick out at first and that's what's gonna happen. And you, so you run at first, you get knocked out or whatever it is, but the, but the runner advances, that's a sacrifice bunt. And we've all made some sacrifices in relationships, in friendships, friends might sacrifice their wants and wishes so that the other person can be happy, right? Parents, how many sacrifices have you made that your kids know nothing about? Many sacrifices. Sometimes you might even sacrifice your career so that you could stay home with your kids. All kinds of sacrifices. Our military, God bless them. How many soldiers have sacrificed their lives? Yeah, given up their lives for our freedom. It's amazing. I thought about this thing, sacrifice, and I thought about this, and here it is. For something to be a sacrifice, there has to be a willing giver. I mean, if I'm up at the plate, and the coach tells me, Reuben, sacrifice, bunt, I could say, no. Right? It wouldn't be good for me. <laughs> I don't know if I get back on. But you have to have a willing giver when you're, when you're up at the plate and, and you feel like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice. But have you ever sacrificed something that you did not want to sacrifice? It's like you gave something and you really didn't want to give it. Or you were attending something and you really didn't want to be there. Or you're attending church and you really don't want to be at church. <laughs> or you're giving money and you really don't want to give money. What happens when that happens? There's this emotion inside of you that bubbles up and it's called anger. Because you're giving something and you don't want to give. Whatever it is, you're sacrificing something. You're sacrificing your date night. You're sacrificing your evening. And you don't want to do it. And inside, there's this anger that bubbles up. I think about the woman who anointed the feet of Jesus in Luke chapter 7. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. She's like the ultimate party crasher. She shows up and there's something inside of her. She's at a different place. 
Jesus is hanging out with all these other people, these religious figures, these, these, these religious leaders of the church, and they're hanging out and they're maybe giving him some props, they're watching him, they're questioning him, whatever it is. But there's this woman who's been changed. There's this woman who had a moment with, with our Lord. And she busts through that door and she falls to her knees and she weeps and cries and she pours this alabaster in. And with her, tear, with her hair, she dries up the feet of Jesus. And inside, she sacrifices herself and this incredibly expensive perfume. And there's people around her that are saying, what are you doing? See, they're not on the same page. They're not willing to sacrifice. They're there to watch and observe. Have you ever been there just to watch and observe? You're not willing to give your heart. You're just there for the show. You're not willing to die to yourself. You're not willing to sacrifice, but you want the benefits of the sacrifice. And there's people around there that are watching, and this woman is so broken. See, there's just a huge difference with someone who wants to serve and someone who serves unwillingly. Have you seen that difference before? Have you seen that difference with someone who wants to give and someone who grudgingly gives? Or someone who wants to volunteer and someone who reluctantly volunteers? Or someone who wants to reconcile and someone who just does not want to or feels forced to reconcile? Have you ever seen the difference with someone who wants to do something and someone who doesn't want to do something? It's a huge difference. Huge difference. Have you been there before? Have you been there on the receiving end when you need some help and someone comes and helps you and they really don't want to help you? And you can smell it, you can feel it, you, you see that attitude, and what do you want to say to them? Just forget it, dude. I'll do it myself. Forget it. I prefer the smell of the trash over the smell of your attitude. Just forget it. You know what I'm talking about? You guys know what I'm talking about. I'd rather do it alone. It's going to take me 10 times longer, but I'd rather do it alone than do it with you because you are unwilling to sacrifice your time, and it's about you. You're self-centered. So we say forget it. The attitude matters. Your sacrifice is more important when it comes from an authentic place of love. It's way more valuable way more valuable. And there's something about the room. The room just changes. I mean, the room changes when you have people who are willing to sacrifice, and they do it joyfully. You know what I'm talking about? When everybody sacrifices and they give joyfully, there's this sweetness about the room. It just changes. Or everybody's like serving, whether, whether you know, we do a lot of things over here, a lot of feeding the hungry and and helping out the less fortunate, and we do all kinds of stuff here. And it's so cool, just the, the energy, the vibe that comes with people who are sacrificing willingly. It's like everybody's in it, we're all tired, we're all worn out, we had hard days, but we're just in this together. You know what I mean? We're all living on a budget, but we're giving because we believe in the cause. There's something incredibly beautiful about a group of people, the church that comes together and says, we're not going to be self-centered. We're going to love on others and we're going to, we're willing to sacrifice our time and our energy and our gifts or whatever it is, all for the glory of God. I want to introduce you to the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, you can put your hands in. That's beautiful. First John chapter four, here it is. This is real love. Let's read this together, guys. It's a great verse to memorize. 
This is real love. Say it with me. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. Isn't that beautiful? That just captures the entire New Testament. This is real love. Say this is real love. This, you know that word love in the original Greek language? You might be surprised, maybe not surprised. You know what it means? Agape. This is agape love. Well, agape means this, unconditional, sacrificial. That's what it means. It's, it's, it's this idea of I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to sit on the bench if you can get ahead. Sacrificial love. And, and, and 1 John chapter 4, John tells us, here's real love. You might think you know what real love is, but you don't know what real love is. Here's real love. This real love comes from heaven. Comes from God himself. God is love. Here's real love. Here it is. It's this love that comes from, from God himself. Unconditional, sacrificial. It's not driven by emotions. It's not driven by feelings. It's not driven by circumstances. It's not driven by your mood. It's not driven by any of that. It's just real love. It's a love that reaches the unlovable, the spiritually lost. It's a love that reaches the outcast. It's a love that reaches the prodigal. It's real love. I was preaching in, a, in a Colorado Springs, and it was a room full of church people church leaders, pastors, and district leaders, even general leaders. And the Lord told me, Reuben, I want you to call out the prodigal. And I told the Lord, you have the wrong address on this one, God. This room is full of saints. And he wouldn't let me go. He said, nope, I want you to call him out. And I said, no, Lord, you have the wrong address here. This is the wrong place. And he said, Reuben, call him out. Are you going to listen to me or not? I went ahead and listened, and I called him out. And when the service was over, a guy came over to me, and he was the son of a missionary. And he said, hey, Pastor Reuben, I'm that prodigal you were calling out. And said, hey, I turned my life back over to Jesus. That's what he said. But that's real love. Real love will pursue you chase you down. Some of you, even when you don't want God, when you don't believe in him or whatever it is, real love is so strong, it's able to crack any, any, any layer of pride or arrogance or whatever it is. Real love will chase you down when you've been hurt, when you've been worn out, when whatever it is. Real love, real love is from heaven. It's not like anything else. I love the fact that during vacation Bible school, we had a we had, we had uh, kids, and, um, and, and, and those of you who've been around, maybe you're a little bit older in years, you know how quick time flies, don't you? It's a matter of time till these children are going to be in high school. In high school, there's all kinds of pressures in high school that exist that certainly weren't there when I was in high school. They were just a little bit different. And I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at them, and, and, and you see these kids. One of the kids didn't know, uh, know many of the motions of songs, but by day five, they were just going at it, and they knew it. Another little boy was super reserved and quiet, and, and, uh, and, uh, but he, he raised his hand. He wanted to learn more about Jesus, and we gave him a Bible. 
And then by the end of the week, he had a whole different countenance. He was enjoying and he was engaging and he was just, you know, there's nothing like Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. Real love crosses boundaries. It's truly colorblind. Glory to God. Different skin colors. It crosses the tracks. It crosses cultures. crosses the aisle. Real love. Real love cares more about the soul than the way you vote. You know that? That's real love. Real love cares about the person who lives out of their car. Cares about the rich and cares about the poor. That's real love. See, God doesn't look at people the way you and I look at people. He loves everyone. Now, here's the warning in this verse. There's a certain love in this world that feels real, but it isn't. Have you run into that? I was talking to someone many years ago, and he was actually a prodigal, you know, someone who walked away from God, walked away from church, and he knew what was right, like most of us do, right? A lot of us know what's right, what's wrong. We just kind of know that. And he uh, walked away and, and uh, <clears throat> been praying for this guy a long time. I know his brother, his brother been praying for him a long time. And one day he calls me and says, Pastor Reuben, can I meet with you? And we met at, at the patio of Chipotle. That's where we met at the patio of Chipotle, outside. And I'm sitting with him and he's in tears. And he said, Pastor Reuben, my girlfriend had sex with my best friend. I lost my girlfriend and my best friend in one night. And he was broken. And did you know God used that to show him what real love looks like? Glory to God. You know, it's okay when you go through bad times because sometimes you just need to be humbled. Sometimes God needs to take you to a place where you're willing to, to seek him, to listen, to turn to him, to be obedient, to follow him. And sometimes God allows hard times to happen in your life because he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention. But there is a, a false kind of love out there. And you think somebody loves you, but then you discover agape love. People will let you down, but Jesus will never let you down. Glory to God. He'll never let you down. When you look at his relationship with Israel, these guys, Israel, when you look in the Old Testament, they didn't always follow God, not at all. They were known to be in this cycle of we're going to follow God and we experienced a miracle and, oh, we forgot what God did and now we're going to rebel and now we're going to sin and now we're going to do these other things and then, oh man, we really messed up. Now we're living, we got to turn back to God. I mean, you see this cycle over and over and over, but you see God's real love fixated on them, just fixed on them. History teaches us this. God's love for you is not dependent on you loving him back. Thank you, Jesus. It's not dependent on you loving him back. God loves you even though you may not seek him, may not want him, may not, may not desire him. And think about this. If God has real love for you, and he does, then you don't have to worry about your future. You don't have to worry about the future of your children. 
You don't have to worry about your health, glory to God. I feel like I'm coming back, guys. I'm just telling you right now. I feel like I'm coming back little by little. But I feel, baby, I feel like I'm coming back. Um, You don't have to worry about anything in life. You don't have to worry about anything. All you need to do is seek Jesus every day. You read scripture every day and that word will grow inside of you and the word of God will change you and you'll start knowing God's will for your life and you practice obedience and faithfulness to everything he's telling you to do and you will see life differently. You will see life differently. God has real love for you. And some of you have had examples of bad love. You had a dad that walked out of your life or a mother that whatever, We've had good examples of what love doesn't look like. But God has real love for you. It's different from anything else. And the love inside of God is his motivation for loving you. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And what did he do? And sent his son as a sacrifice. Sacrifice. Why? To take away our sins. That's the title of today's message, His Sacrifice, Your Gain. For you to appreciate, we're going to jump into Hebrews chapter 9, and for you to appreciate that, you have to look at the Old Testament. You have to look at life before Christ, life before Jesus. When you look at the Old Testament, God implemented this sacrificial system And he did it through Moses. And you read about it in Leviticus and in other places. But the whole purpose behind this was for people to have a relationship with God. So a sacrifice was a common term in the Old Testament. And it usually involved an animal. And they would take this animal to the tabernacle. They would watch over, oh, let's look at this animal. Let's go back to that animal just for a little bit here. It had to be the right animal. It had to be a male, sheep, goat, bull. It had to be without defect. It had to be perfect. And there had to be shedding of blood. And it represented their sin. It represented the sacrifice. So you could imagine how graphic it was. I mean, I mean, I, I grew up hunting and I know what it's like to cut open a deer. And, and, but I can't imagine doing this like every day and every week. And, and the smell of it, the smell of blood and kidneys and organs and all this stuff. And hearing that animal just scream and knowing that animal represents my sin. Graphic. Graphic. And they would take it to this tabernacle. Here's the tabernacle. But when they would go to this tabernacle, there were specific instructions about this sacrifice. Who should present the sacrifice? Where they should present the sacrifice? How they present the sacrifice? When they should present it? How often they should present it? And what kind of attitude they should have when they present it? In fact, when you walked into this tabernacle, the burnt altar was the first thing you ran into. So in order to enter the presence of God, the first thing you needed to do was confess your sins and get right with the Lord. So you'd put your sheep or your goat or whatever it is, and you put that there. It's the first thing you do. It was incredibly graphic. But here's the problem in the Old Testament. It wasn't enough. If it's possible for you to be good enough, if it's possible for humanity to be good enough, why was Jesus sent into the world? 
If you think it's, you know what, I can, I can drum up enough goodness on my own and whatever. God looked at humanity with all their goodness and he needed to send his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to be a sacrifice for us. God stepped in and sent his only son into the world. He became our sacrifice for our sins, our sin offering. He took on our pain and suffering. He became our curse, and it was done one time. You know what I'm looking forward to? April 2033. Aren't you? You know what April 2033 is? You should mark it on your Google Calendar or your, uh, you know, Apple Calendar. You know what it is? That's the 2000 anniversary of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 2033. I think, guys, I mean, if Jesus doesn't come back by then, we should be throwing a huge party. We need to rent, rent the Pepsi Center or something like that and do church there. I mean, I'm so excited about the year 2033. I put on my Google calendar, I set a reminder for 364 days before April 2033. I'm looking forward to it, aren't you? 11 years away. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, being a part of that. Hebrews chapter 9, here it is. With his own blood, that's Jesus, not the blood of goats and calves. He entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more. Say how much more with me, guys. How much more? The blood of Christ will purify our consciousness, our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Wow. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a, what? As a perfect sacrifice for our sins. See, it had to be a perfect sacrifice to be forgiven perfectly. It had to be a perfect sacrifice without blemish, without defect, without sin, yet fully God, fully man. I love Hebrews 9 verse 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. You know what's beautiful about this whole thing? Here's what I see. God uses the Old Testament sacrificial system to display his grace and truth through his son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Like, I mean, God didn't deviate from the process. He didn't create a whole new plan. He, he honored the system that he put in place with Moses at Mount Sinai. And he said, this is how you're supposed to do it. There needs to be this the animal without defect. And there's supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to shed uh, the blood. And it's supposed to be, I mean, everything about it. And what he does is he honors it. And he provides his very own son as a sacrifice. And they're shedding of blood. Scripture says when he's on that cross, the veil is torn into two. There's no longer any separation between us and God. Now we could know him in the holy of holies. That's real love. That's real love. Ephesians, Paul says it like this. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Isaiah unpacks this sacrifice a little bit. The prophet says, surely he took, our, took up our pain and bore our suffering. 
Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that was that, that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus changes everything. Changes everything. This is real love. This is real love. Don't chase after false love. Don't chase after false love. This is real love. Here's your, here's your, here's your, here's your barometer. Someone once said, there was someone who, who spent time identifying what counterfeit money was. And his strategy was he just spends a lot of time touching real money. And he knows what the fake money looks like. And the more time you spend with God, this is real love. This is real love. Because of Jesus, there's three things I want you to walk away with. Forgiveness is yours if you want it. You want it? Because of Jesus. You can know the presence of God. You can know Jesus. Your sins could be forgiven and separated from you as far as the east is from the west. Glory to God. Because of Jesus and what he did on the cross for you and I, the ultimate sacrifice, your sins are forgiven. Number, number two is this, because of Jesus, you can have a clear conscience. Remember what that was like? Glory to God. You don't have to live with guilt or shame. You don't have to kick yourself. You can have a clear conscience. It's beautiful. Number three, because of Jesus, you can have 5G connection with God. I almost put 6G, but that's probably outdated now. If I probably need to put 10G or something. I don't know. But think about this. Because of Jesus, we now have access to the Father. We're just, we're just, we're just so spoiled. What a day when we can go to God and he'll hear our prayer anytime, anywhere. And we can cry out to him anywhere. And he hears our prayer. It's because of Jesus. It's because of the ultimate sacrifice. You can pray to him anytime you want. Cry out to God. Tell God you need him. You need God to work in your home. Cry out to him. You want to know who he is? Just cry out to him. You need God to help you? Just cry out to him. Humble yourself before him. Seek him with all of your heart. He wants you. You won't find happiness anywhere else. You'll work really hard trying to find it, but you won't find happiness anywhere else. True happiness is found in Jesus. True happiness is found in Jesus. And you could know that life. You could experience that life. Jesus wants you to know him. He wants to change you and transform you. He wants to do a work inside of you. Here's the crazy thing about this whole thing, about sacrifice and this whole thing, about what Jesus did. This weird thing happens. <clears throat> God loved us before we loved him, right? This is real love. He loved us even when we didn't know him. But this crazy thing happens. When you're the recipient of agape love, you know what happens? you start showing off that sacrificial love to others. 
you don't think about yourself first. You think about the things that please God and you're willing to sacrifice as well because He has sacrificed for you. You hear that? So it's a beautiful thing. God doesn't do all this so you could hoard His love. No. He wants you now to live that sacrificial love out. To live it out where it's not about how smart you are. It's not about how long you've been in church. It's not about whatever. It's about your sacrificial love. And guess what happens when people run across that real love? What do they do? They say, what is that about? And you just say, it's Jesus. You point them to God. And Jesus is glorified again and again and again. That's real love. He wants you to live that out to the point where you're willing to fall down to the feet of Jesus and pour your most expensive perfume at his feet and everybody around you says, you're crazy. And you say, it's just Jesus. You just don't get it. You just don't get it. He's done so much for me in my life. Hasn't he done much for you in your life? Don't you owe him so much? He's given you breath in your lungs. Hasn't he been a good God in your life? Hasn't he watched over you? Hasn't he forgiven you? Some of you should be dead right now. You should be dead right now. But it's the grace of God that's over you. He loves you. Some of you should be living on the street right now. Some of you, you've made mistakes, and by the grace of God, you're still here. And we have this God to begin. It hasn't even good in your life. Oh, live it out. Here's the challenge for the week, guys. Here it is. Give up something that is valuable to you for someone that's hard to love. Parents, I'm not talking about sacrificing something for your kids. I'm not talking about sacrificing something for your spouse. I'm not talking about sacrificing something for your best friend. I'm not talking about sacrificing something for your friend. Give up something that is valuable to you for someone that's hard to love. And that's real love. That's exactly what God did for you. Aren't you glad God has agape love for you? Some of you are hard to love. Let's just be honest. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are hard to love. And I'm so grateful God's agape love is way better than my conditional love. Aren't you? Aren't you glad God's love is better than your love? Your love's conditional. Your love is convenient. Your love is about getting your own way. But agape love, sacrificial love, Hebrews 9 love, 1 John 4 love is totally different. This is real love. Ladies, let me say this. Don't ever put a man in front of God. Don't ever put a friend in front of God. You chase after the agape love, God's love. Men, don't ever worship your woman. Worship God. Worship God. You worship God, you put him first, you'll be the man that she's always dreamed about. You don't have to worry about that. But you put God first. Our problem so many times 
as we worship other things instead of worshiping God. God wants your heart. God wants your heart. Some of you, let me give you an opportunity. You need to turn to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. You need to turn to Jesus. That's why you're watching online. You have an opportunity to do that. Maybe you've been running away from his agape love, and you can turn to Jesus. Others of you, maybe you're here right now, and you do not have agape love for others. Call yourself a Christian. When was the last time you showed sacrificial love to someone that you didn't like? <laughs> that you didn't like? Show agape love. And did it with a smile on your face. That's how you get credit for it. That's how you get credit for it. Because you can try to do this thing right here and do that sacrifice bunt, but do it with a bad attitude. You know how you get credit in God's eyes? When you do it with a godly love. And you say, it's not about me. I don't need the applause. If it's going to help my brother or my sister go to the next space, it's okay with me. I'm good with that. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God pay love. God pay love. I feel like if I hold this bat long enough, people are going to come to know Jesus. I just feel like. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you, God, for your grace. Oh, my goodness. Lord, Jesus, have your way. If you're ready to turn to Jesus, would you just say, Jesus, right now, I give my life over to you. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Take all of me. If you call yourself a Christian, and maybe you haven't shown that agape love to anyone that uh, it's hard, maybe you need to say this, God, would you help me to love others as you love me? Even this week, even this week, give me an opportunity to show agape love. Thank you, Lord. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.